You are listening to Hellcat's Hope, episode number 10. Welcome to Hellcat's Hope, the podcast to find humor, healing, and hope. Come along with Hellcat as she explores ways to help you overcome adversity and find your own inner Hellcat. Yes, Hellcat is her legal middle name, and hope is her game, bringing hope to others by showing what's possible. Here's your host, law school grad, motivational speaker, author, and certified life and smoking cessation coach, Lori Hellcat Bamford. Hello, Hope Junkies. Welcome back. Welcome to episode 10. Yes, episode 10. I know I screwed up and called episode 9, episode 8, but I didn't have the bandwidth to go fix it. I just thought it's just going to have to be messed up and I'm okay with it. So this is episode 10, planning how to plan your week and day to work for you, not against you. So we are going to talk about one of my favorite things, planning. I shared a little bit about my love of planning in episode seven. My baby has a beard when plans change. I shared how, especially now during this pandemic, we can benefit from practicing our ability to adapt, to change, to be flexible, and to learn to embrace the change as we all figure it out together. That's what my friend Gigi tells her elementary art students when they're asking her 5 million questions about what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and well, what's going to happen. Her answer, we are all going to figure it out together in her best teacher voice. So I got a call from my good friend Angela Lee this week. Angela is the co-producer of the From Fat to Finish Line documentary currently streaming on Amazon Prime. It was on Netflix for a while. I'm not sure if it's still on Netflix, but it's for sure on Amazon Prime. And if you haven't seen it, go see it. It is truly inspiring. So Angela and Jen Rowe and the other runners are also co-founders of the amazing Facebook community From Fat to Finish Line. And Angela also has a new podcast out, as does Jen Rowe. Jen Rose is called Fab and Flawed. If you want to go listen to a rough around the edges Jersey girl talk about how we all have baggage and we're going to unpack it together, go check out her podcast. And so Angela, her new podcast is Old Broads Run with her co-host Terry. And together, Terry and Angela are changing the perception of how us more seasoned women can run and be active in our age. So Angela had called me because she had mentioned in their earlier podcast that she and Terry had set some goals. And one of Angela's was to be able to build and follow a habit of an 80-20 approach to fuel. What she wanted to do was spend 80% of her meals focused on good quality fuel that feels good in her body. And then 20% would be just whatever she felt like eating, maybe some more of the non-fuel foods, but food that she still enjoyed. She felt like she had to be super rigid and perfect to make it a habit. And so she gave me a call to talk through that and she felt stuck and she wanted some coaching. So you can go listen to that podcast. I think it's going to drop this week or next. One of the things that Angela and I talked about that I think would help her by the way, spoiler alert, you don't have to be rigid and perfect to develop a habit in case you're wondering. But one of the things that Angela and I talked about in that coaching call was this concept of planning and how she can use that tool to build her new habit. And specifically, we talked about the weekly plan. 
So today is Sunday. I'm recording this. It is July 19th. And Sunday is the day that I do my weekly planning every Sunday. It's my best and favorite time in the morning. I get a cup of coffee. I look at my last week's goals. I see how I did. I assess and I plan for the upcoming week. Now you don't have to spend a lot of time doing this. Some Sundays I spend a lot more time than others, but really, if you're just starting out, just spend a few minutes, spend maybe 15 minutes thinking about and looking at your week as a whole ahead. So what I thought I would do for this episode is walk you through me doing my weekly plan this morning, this Sunday morning. To me, the weekly plan is key to staying out of overwhelm. And when you feel like you just have too much to do and not enough time, doing this weekly plan really truth checks that. The weekly plan allows you to just take a few minutes look ahead and put that plan on one sheet of paper. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. I can describe for you what I use. I literally have basically a table graph, one piece of paper, and it has the days of the week running down the left-hand side of the paper and blocks of time, just boxes. For me, they are meals. So I have across the top breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack, and then I have a notes column. Because For me, what I'm working on is my relationship with food. And so I want to develop a plan the whole week ahead on what my week looks like. Yours could look different. Yours could be more focused on projects or a goal. And so you break it down into time segments of your typical day. On my planning page, there are also a few extra lines at the bottom where I can make some notes on the goals that I have for the week. Where would I like to level up this week? What is a strong positive thought I would like to work on this week? What is my self-care going to look like? What might get in the way and how will I manage that? And this is what I do every Sunday. So I sit down with my blank graph table calendar page for just the week. The first thing I schedule are my workouts and training runs. Those always go in first. And why? Because they're the most important thing to me right now. I don't want them to be negotiable. I want to be able to look at my week and know that my training is covered and noted and accounted for. As I've mentioned in prior episodes, I'm currently training for the Dopey Challenge at Disney in January of 2021. And the Dopey Challenge is over four days. Day one is a 5K, day two is a 10K, day three is a half marathon, and day four is the full marathon. And so the training has started. Here we are, middle of July. It started actually at the end of June. So my training runs this week are 45 minutes on Tuesday, 45 minutes on Thursday, and then I've got a 10K that I'm doing on Saturday with my friend Tanya. And so that covers my training. Now, some days I'll have a day where I'm just doing core. Or used to, when I was weightlifting, I would have some days scheduled in there for weightlifting. And of course, a rest day where I do nothing. I've also been known in that column about my exercise plan or my training, I will put in there, I'm going to walk more today. I want to get 8,000 steps today. So those are the kind of things that you want to put and commit to. And that's the first thing that I fill out are my training runs and my exercise. The second thing I fill in are the different appointments I'm going to have. Are there doctor's appointments? Are there appointments for the kids? Am I going to be traveling? Those are the items that are set in stone, maybe there are appointments that are hard to get, and then I need to make sure I'm aware of them looking at the whole week. 
The third thing I put in are my calls, my telephone calls, my work phone calls, my coaching calls. I have school board meetings. I may have an ACLU meeting. I may have work projects that I know will take up most of a day. And so I block those in there so that I can see how it's going to fall in to my week as a whole. And as I'm looking at that, I can say, ooh, now on Tuesday, I'm supposed to do 45 minutes. I need to make sure I don't piddle around with that and get it done first thing in the morning because I've got a pretty big call at 10 o'clock. So that's how I do it is I just put these items in there so that I can look at the whole week ahead. Number four, for me, I put in my food protocols. Now, like I said, you may have completely different goals and your setup is going to look a little bit differently. Again, may want to have work projects or business focuses. For me, as I work on my relationship with food, this is what goes in next. Now, I don't plan every meal on every day. I do not fill in the box. This is what I'm going to have for breakfast on Monday. This is what I'm going to have for lunch on Thursday. No, that's not what I do. Now, if I have a planned lunch with a friend or I know that there's a meal that is going to be planned out, I put that in the box so that I know on that day, this is the planned meal that I have for lunch or dinner or whatever it is. Otherwise, I just make a list of items that I know I'm going to want for breakfast. I make four or five things that I like to have for breakfast. That's my breakfast protocol. Then I have one for lunch, leftovers, chicken fried rice, a sandwich, chips, whatever it is that I feel like I'm going to want for lunch this week. That list goes there. Same thing for dinner. Same thing for snacks. And so I look at that and I look at the dinner column and I think, okay, I've got a school board meeting that night, so it's going to have to be something easy. It's going to be something kind of quick and easy. I just make a list. I don't dedicate it to a certain day. I do that when I do my daily plan, which we'll talk about in a minute. This is just a list of things I know I'm going to want to eat and enjoy. And I include in that list exceptions. You know, for the most part, like Angela Lee's working on, I want to try to stay in that 80% range where it is good fuel that feels good in my body. But I also know because of my history with restrictive eating that I'm not going to deny myself treats. So I will put on there, you know what? I think I'm going to want some ice cream this week. It's going to go on the plan. I think I may want some Oreo cookies. It's going to go on the plan. Or the Trader Joe's cookies. Oh, they're my favorite. Oh, love Trader Joe's. So those are the items that go on the list for my meals. And then what I do is I take a gander at Pinterest on Sundays and I'll pick one new recipe a week if I feel like we're getting in a rut. And it's from here that I can go to the grocery store and have the items in the house so there's not this last minute scurry to try to figure out what we're going to have for dinner. It's already accounted for. It's already planned for. Now, when I was not working remotely, when I was still having to go to the office, which is about an hour commute for me, I would go ahead and do my meal prep on Sundays and I would meal prep all of my lunches and I would take those to work with me. Now that I'm home, I don't necessarily do as much meal prep for lunch as I used to. If you want to see some of the meal prep ideas, though, that I have shared, you can go on over to whatthehellcat.com backslash blogs. And there you will see some meal prep ideas, especially the salad bar in the fridge. People love that one. I love that one. 
And basically what happens is on Sundays, I have that drawer in my fridge that I fill with salad bags. I go ahead and cut up the produce that I love on salads. Cucumbers, I have chickpeas already drained and rinsed and in a container. I have cucumbers, celery. I have everything already cut up. So I just pull that drawer out, throw it all together, usually with some grilled chicken that my husband, again, would make in bulk. And there you go. You've got your salad bar in a fridge. So if you want to see more details on that, go look at the blog section on the website, whatthehellcat.com. The fifth thing that I put in is my self-care. I take a look and I see, okay, am I going to get a pedicure this week? And again, it doesn't have to be, you know, pedicure and spas. Many times I'll just put, you know, I didn't really get a lot of good sleep last week. My minimum baseline is seven hours and I didn't hit that very much. So I think I really want to focus on my sleep this week. Or I want to focus on more downtime. Or I notice that I've, I haven't been reading in a while. I want to schedule in some reading time and some self-development. That information goes on my weekly plan. And then the last thing I do in preparing my weekly plan is I look at my overall goals for the week. Why are they important? You know, those extra lines I was talking about at the bottom of the page, that's where I do that work. What might get in my way and how am I going to manage that? What do I want to think this week. And again, make it positive. No, not positive thinking like, oh, just going to be the best I can be. But don't frame it in the negative. Let me give you an example. When you're thinking about your positive question, your powerful question for the week or the day, this is not a powerful question. How will I not be a complete loser this week? How can I not be a raging lunatic? No, just make it a little bit of a shift and instead say, How can I make things easy this week? I have plenty of time to get done what needs to get done. How can I be filled with light, hope, and energy for the benefit of myself and others this week? Those are the kind of questions you want to ask. Now, after you have completed your weekly plan, don't just do it and forget it. Check on it daily and get an idea if you are where you want to be during the week. So that's the weekly plan. The other type of planning I do is the daily plan. Yes, first thing in the morning. And yes, I'm going to do an episode on becoming a morning person because yes, I'm a morning person and I know a lot of you aren't, but I know some of you really want to be. So I'm actually going to do an episode on becoming a morning person. So daily plan, first thing in the morning, same thing. I look at my calendar for the day. I make sure I'm aware of meetings and calls workouts, whatever's going to come up. And then I list some of the things that may not have a specific time to get completed, but I'd like to get it done that day or over the next few days. And if it doesn't get done, it just goes on to the next day. I am realistic and there is no drama. You see, I have a master list of here's all these things that I want to get done, but then I limit it to maybe one, two or three things a day. And don't beat yourself up if it doesn't get done. Guess what? Things happen. Changes happen. And we need to be adaptable to change without beating ourselves up about it. And sometimes we just make different choices and that's all that it is. Let me give you an example on something that I really had to work on last year. I noticed that I would have a plan and things that I wanted to get done and I had two teenage children and they have needs and they needed to go places or be somewhere or needed something for school. And I remember at the time, you know, I was an hour commute from work and trying to rush around and there was this thought I kept having and it was, gosh, they just, they're just on me. The kids are on me. They're so demanding. It's just take, take, take. 
gosh, you know, and so it was just this creating this level of frustration and resentment. And I really had to work on that and say, wait a minute, this is all my choice. I am not a victim to the demands of others. I can choose to respond to what they need or not. Now, in some instances, I am choosing to respond because as a mom, a lot of these things, that's my job, but it's still a choice. And it really worked out well in the model. You know, I've talked a lot about this think, feel, act cycle. It's something that my coach taught me, and this is what I use to coach myself and my clients. And the premise is this, that our thoughts that we have about any circumstance create a feeling which drives our actions. And of course, our actions get us a result. And in this instance, what I saw about my children's requests My thought was, gosh, they just take and take and take. And when I kept thinking of it that way, I felt victimized. I felt taken advantage of. I felt frustrated. I felt like they were taking my soul at the risk of sounding extremely dramatic. And then my actions or inaction would be to resist it and gripe about it and feel victimized and feel that I was just being depleted. And so when I thought about it and felt that way and acted that out, that's exactly what was happening. I was proving my thought right. I was allowing myself to feel like I was being used and depleted. Instead, I switched it up a little bit. And I just said, you know what? These are just my kids. They have needs. And this is all my choice. And when I think about it as being my choice, that gave me a feeling of freedom because it was a choice. I don't have to do everything. I don't have to do anything, but I choose to do some things because that makes me feel good as a good mom and that I'm showing up and helping them out. And so when I feel that my decisions are coming from a place of freedom, Of course, I'm going to act in that way. And I'm going to get the result of living in my own free choices and not being so frustrated and taken advantage of, right? So every day I come up with a powerful question and a powerful thought for the day. And many times these mirror the weekly ones that I came up with as I was preparing my weekly plan. Now, the brain loves questions. It will go to solve questions. It does not like it when loops are not closed. The brain does not like it when we have questions floating around out there. And so the brain will go to work to solve it. So the examples that I used, when you say things like, well, I wonder how I'm not going to be a complete loser today. The brain's going to look for ways in which you're a loser, Because you have given it that question. How can I not be a complete loser today? Or how can I not be a raging lunatic today? The brain is focused on, oh, okay, raging lunatic. All right, let's focus on all the ways that you're a raging lunatic so I can answer this question for you. Instead, give it a good question. Say things like, how can I show up as my best self today? How am I going to make weight loss easy today? How am I going to make being a mom easy today? And I promise you this works. The brain will then go to work on, okay, she wants to know how this is easy. Then the brain starts looking for evidence on how your choices are easy. I promise you this works. Now, planning also involves assessing. In order to have a really effective plan, we got to kind of look at it at the end of the day and see how we did. You can do that at the end of the day. For me, I like to do it as part of my next morning routine. How'd I do? What went right? 
I write down three things that went right. Again, the brain is always looking for what went wrong. And I also think as a lawyer, that is also my training. So I'm always looking for what could possibly go wrong and how everyone can get sued. So I really have to retrain my brain and make it look for what went right. And I come up with three things that went right. And then if there was something I didn't get to, guess what? It'll carry over. There's no judgment. There's no drama. It's not a big deal. Were there any gaps in my thinking? Did I let things go unmanaged and why? And if you were a badass that day, write about what a badass you were. I mean it. We need to start speaking insanely, lovingly to ourselves. And I use the phrase insanely because I will admit sometimes it feels really odd. And here's the deal. If you have spent the better part of your adult life talking to yourself horribly and negatively and meanly, when you begin to change that story and when you begin to speak lovingly to yourself and about yourself, it does feel a little weird but do it. And this is what I coach myself and my clients on. This is all about making decisions ahead of time. That's what planning is. You want to make those decisions when you feel your best. For me, that's in the morning. That's on Sundays. That's when my best decisions are made and they're done. It's not up for negotiation. I don't want to be making decisions when I'm tired at the end of the day. I want to be someone that shows up when I say I'm going to show up for myself and I do what I say I'm going to do. If I wait until the end of the day, that is when I know for a fact that I am thought fatigued and I am decision fatigued. I don't want to make any more decisions. Don't ask me what's for dinner. If I don't have it planned, if we don't plan ahead, then it's in those moments we're going to say, screw it, let's just go get a pizza. Now, I also do monthly planning. It's the same approach. One sheet of paper. Look at the month ahead. The monthly plan is just kind of more of a 30,000 feet view of looking ahead and saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to be out of town that weekend. Or, oh, this is a big meeting that's coming up. I want to start thinking about it. There's no reason for anything to sneak up on you when you're doing this kind of planning. That is where surprise and stress happen. And when you get into this place of overwhelm. And, you know, planning is journaling. You guys know how I feel about journaling. And I know many of you say, well, I've just never been a journaler. If you were doing any level of planning like this, you are already journaling. Journaling doesn't have to be some long drawn out, we got to dive into the past and find hidden secrets of trauma. No, if you don't have a history with journaling, start with something like this. Start small with doing a little bit of weekly planning, of doing a daily plan, of making some lists. My friend John Hulsey, he has started a system of calendaring things that are important to him that he wants to make sure that he gets done so that he's not spending the day going, oh yeah, oh wait, oh yeah, I got to do that. Oh, I wanted to do that. That is journaling, my friends. And as you get really good at that, you can take it deeper and spend more time journaling why maybe you didn't do what you said you would do. What were your thoughts you were having? How can you have a different thought to get a different result? Write and journal about your goals. I want all of this in my life. Journal about what you're grateful for. What are you doing right? What are you good at? Think about your future self. Journal about that. See, this planning is just kind of the easy baby steps to developing not only the habit of planning, but the habit of journaling that's going to improve and change your life. Planning and journaling is a solution for paralyzing inaction. When you feel overwhelmed and you think this is all too much and you're paralyzed, that is just a thought. And when you think that, guess what? It is too much. It is paralyzing. Instead, 
when you truth check it through planning and journaling, you realize, oh, those are just thoughts. I can totally handle this. I can be realistic. Yes, I have a master list of all these things I want to do, but I bet I can check one, two, or three things off of that in just a couple of days. And then you'll see, I do have time to do this. So tell me how you plan or let me know what questions you have about my planning methods that I've shared with you today. I would love to hear from you. Hop on over to the Facebook page, Hellcats Hope Podcast Facebook page, or drop me an email, hellcat at whatthehellcat.com. I'd love to hear from you about your planning. That's it for today. Thank you guys for listening. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Hellcats Hope. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe. To book me as a speaker for your next event, work one-on-one as a coach, or find more information on my upcoming book, please go to whatthehellcat.com. Thanks for listening.